Welcome to the Million Pound Biller Coffee Break Podcast. These are short podcasts for you to listen to at a coffee break. Developed to give you some quick ideas on how to help you build your desk and business. Now, over to Adrian Mansfield, the Million Pound Biller for today's Coffee Break Podcast. Welcome to the Million Pound Biller Podcast. I'm Adrian Mansfield, and in my 20 plus years in recruitment, I've had a number of million pound years. I've worked in most of the major recruitment markets and in all sales roles within a recruitment agency. I've also run my own company and set up companies both in the UK and in several international locations. Recruitment has given me the opportunity to travel the world and see some of the best and worst places on offer, from Australia to Afghanistan and many more in between. The Million Pound Biller podcast offers those at any level in recruitment tips and ideas from me and my contacts, both inside and outside recruitment, but all from the coalface. Information and ideas that can be taken back to your day-to-day careers and put you on the path to a million pound year. The cornerstone of my success over the years has been my willingness to learn and develop my skills, something I still do every day. Now I'm offering you some of my ideas and thoughts that will allow you to squeeze the most out of your recruitment career, no matter what level you're at and where you're aiming for. Every journey, even one to a million pounds, starts with a single step. So let's take that first step together. Welcome to another week of the Coffee Break podcast. It has been an interesting week in my world with another trip out to meet up with a client, this time back in London, for the first time in six months. I've always said I love London, but would never want to live there. But on days like the one this week, when the sun is shining and you're sat with a cold drink chatting to a friend or client looking at the Thames, there is a lot to say for the UK's capital. It was also great to see people out and about. Of course, there were now the normal rules on entry and exit and registration, but it wasn't putting people off. I know we all gripe and moan about things, whatever the new thing is that causes consternation. But as a species, one of our biggest USPs is adaptation. And that just happens. People get used to the new processes and make them work for them. It's the same with companies. Look back 18 months to January 2020, and many companies would have said they would have struggled to run an effective business without their staff in the office 95% of the time. Then COVID hits, and those same companies are operating perfectly well with that same workforce sat at home many of whom are working from dining tables and trying to deal with homeschooling of kids. As I looked out on the London skyline and the many people going about their evenings, I was reminded that all the bars and restaurants and offices I could see had equally had to react and manage to deal with the changes and continue to have to do so on a daily basis as things are still very fluid. There is an old adage that I use in many situations, and it's somewhat my mantra in life. Whatever doesn't kill you makes you stronger. Now this may be near the knuckle given the seriousness of the COVID pandemic, but I still feel it's apt from a business point of view. Those companies who adapt and continue and come out of this period will be stronger for the work they've done. Whatever that is, by way of increasing flexibility of homeworking, or whether via that access to flexible working, you can source new staff from new areas of the country, or even the world that you couldn't do before. Or perhaps a bar that learns that they can offer the table service and charge a bit more for the privilege. I, for one, would be a payer to avoid queuing, that's for certain. Whilst you're in a problem, the survival action is the only focus. We adapt, we overcome. But as we come through out of this tough 18 months, I suspect that many companies will look back and find that they've grown and developed as a result of the work they've done to just survive. This moves me on to topic one for this week, the idea of the competitor analysis. I've been involved in doing a number of these over the years. They always seem to be based on how we can beat or even crush our competition. Now, I'm a salesperson and a competitor and I like to win. But I was chatting with a friend this week and they made me think about this idea. Having strong competition should be looked at as a benefit. I often look to sport for my inspiration in business. And over the years, there have been many rivalries that have driven on the protagonists. In my favourite sport, the rise of Arnold Palmer, Jack Nicklaus and Gary Player in the 1960s. Then people like Tom Watson in the 70s, 
grew the sport. The rivalry drove each of the people to get better and that improved them and the wider game. You can also look at places like Formula One with Senna and Prost in the 80s and 90s or football with Manchester United and Liverpool in the 80s, 90s and more recently in the 2000s. Wherever you look, there are teams or individuals that are setting their sights on the other and trying to get better than them and by doing so, they improve themselves and the overall game. In recruitment, we should be doing that. We need to stop being afraid of learning how we are weak and where we can improve. Sure, we could do competitive analysis and see what the competition are doing and try to copy that. But that's superficial. That's not really helpful on a day-to-day basis. By the far, the best source of intelligence is our clients. We need to use them for proper analysis. I work with a team who conduct regular voice of the customer reviews for the agencies they work with. Those reviews are entirely independent and they go deep on the pros and cons of the work the agency in question does. They ask the client the questions that the agency are perhaps too afraid to ask. Simply, what do they do wrong? What does their main competition do that is better than them? What things do they do that you really, really don't like them doing? These may sound like strange questions to be asking. Why would you put negative views in a client's mind? Well, firstly, those negative views are there anyway. And second, how are you ever going to improve if you don't know what you're doing wrong? I like to cook, but over the years I've had some horrors. I put plates of food in front of people that weren't good at all. The people I've given the food to have given me real feedback and I've improved. To be frank, I could often tell myself what I did wrong, but the feedback did help. It's the same with your clients. I have an idea that you often know what areas you do or perhaps don't do that upsets or displeases your clients. But it's great to get that confirmed, as well as finding out what your competitors are doing that is better than you. If you know these two areas, then you're set. Get your game up by working on your weaknesses, and then do the right things that the competition are doing, and you don't, and you'll be flying. What's more, as with my cooking, if you get the recipe spot on, then your competition will be the ones left eating the horrid food. This is why I no longer hate my competition. They are the reason I'm going to get better. They are the reason that I will continue to improve. And because I'm not going to change completely, if they weren't there, how would I have known if I'd beaten them? However, that does lead me on to topic two this week. I'm a big fan of the writer and business commentator Simon Sinek. He has written on some amazing books over the years, and I heartily recommend you reading any and all of them. In his most recent book, which came out a couple of years ago, he talks about the idea of the infinite game. The simple concept is that in life there are two types of game, into which literally everything fits. Finite games are games where the parameters and competitors are known, and there is an ability to win. Simply put, a football match has two teams, a set of rules, and a time limit. 90 minutes, or extra time, etc. At the end of the allotted time, you can count the score and declare a winner or a draw in certain cases. However, many other games are not finite. They are infinite, business being the most obvious one. There are no set time limits. There's no ultimate winner. You can't be declared the winner of business. Even great firms that are on top at a point in time are removed and replaced with newer businesses that take their market or for whom the market moves away from them. Think of Kodak. For those of you old enough to remember, Kodak used to be the name in photography in the days when you actually took a picture and developed it. They would have been seen as the winners of their sector. Now they're a footnote. We take pictures on our phones and if we really want to, we print them off on our home printers without any need to go to a company. And many people today haven't even heard of the once mighty Kodak. So what can we take away from this for recruitment? Well, we come back to the idea of winning and losing that I talked about in topic one. If you change your mindset to the correct view on the work you're doing, you're not part of a finite game, there isn't a winner or a loser, then you can look to start at setting up your business to succeed in the infinite game, which is where you should be working all the time. Finite companies have short-term target-driven goals. They set up to beat their projections, to beat the competition and to try to win the game. Infinite companies have goals, 
and long-term ideas that they're aiming for, but that aren't going to be achievable. But they set the direction of travel and the parameters for all they do. The infinite game doesn't stop with business. You can't win at being a parent or win at being a spouse or a partner or a brother or a sister. These two are infinite games. The aim is to keep playing, to keep working, to keep developing, and by doing so, to see the benefits of your efforts in the interaction with those around you. Bringing it back to recruitment again, the move to an infinite mindset may see you working to support the career of a candidate in your sector, not simply for the goal of looking to make a placement, but rather looking to help the candidate at a number of points of their careers, make the right steps, even, and this is perhaps the biggest kicker, when it means no income for you. The same can be said for our clients, perhaps working with them to restructure their pay levels so that the staff they have stay, rather than coming to us to hire new people, who we know in time will also leave because the company's payment levels are not in line with the market. Again, this probably won't mean no income for you as an agency, but it is part of the infinite game. The infinite game is by its very nature a never-ending. The goal is simply to keep playing, to adapt, to grow, to progress inside of the game. Not to be like Kodak and stay rooted to your models and goals to win so much that the game moves away from you and you're left playing a game that nobody else wants to anymore. No, I'm not there yet. My hard wiring to competition, to the finite game that has been my recruitment career, is taking time to rewire. The focus on monthly, quarterly and annual goals as my driving force is so key to everything I've ever done in recruitment that to move away from that is tough. Those targets will remain there, but they won't be what drive me in the future. There'll be measures of the speed I'm going on the path rather than the path itself. I'm working on my plans as we speak, and I hope to be able to share them with you as I continue to try to move to a more infinite game process for my company and my personal side. I hope that others of you will be joining on the journey, as I believe if more of us in recruitment open up to the idea that we can't win, but we can carry on playing, our clients, our candidates, our staff, and perhaps most importantly, we will have much more benefit out of the businesses we run. Anyway, I hope you've taken something from this week's podcast. As I said last week, we have some exciting ideas coming up for the podcast, the website, adrian-mansfield.com, and our YouTube channel. So please stay tuned. Don't forget our sponsors forward. They can help you grow your business without the need for major overheads. As I said before, they can be a force multiplier that can be only good for any business, but especially ones looking to grow and develop and react to the current markets. Finally, as always, it'd be great if you could like and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts as it really does help us get the word out to those in the wider community who may benefit from these podcasts. And then, until next week, enjoy the journey.